What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Campbell Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast. Just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. Share the podcast with a friend. Comment on a social media post. Do whatever you can to uh, penetrate the goofy algorithms that we're all up against. I've also been dropping some monthly playlists on Apple and Spotify. You can find the links for those in the episode notes or in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Just a, uh, a glimpse of some of the stuff I'm listening to throughout the month, pretty spread out genre-wise, and some of the stuff that's making it into my DJ sets. And there's a bunch of other playlists up there too. If you're not super into stuff that's like genre bending or genre fluid, and you want something that's uh, just a little bit more in one lane those things are available as well so check those out every first of the month thanks to everybody that checked out the best of 2022 episode from last week wanted to kick off the year with an episode reflecting on last year and uh, just share some of my my favorite clips and episodes and, and some music as well from last year. So that is available if you have not gotten into it. And also just a great entry point into the cast if you're 
if you're new to what's going on here, but stoked to get into uh, the first conversation of 2023, episode 342. Glitter Fox is on the podcast from right here in Portland, Oregon this week. This was uh, really fun hanging with Andrea and Solange from Glitter Fox, who are the the main songwriters and vocalists in the band. They're not only uh, creative partners, but also romantic partners in marriage. And I think some of that relationship banter came through on the mics a little bit. So you'll, you'll get some insight on the dynamics there. But this band has been on my radar since pre-pandemic. So I'm glad I finally got a chance to chat with them and find out more about the Glitter Fox Project. Also, last year they added former guest of the podcast and homie Blaine Henwin on drums who came on the cast early on in this thing with his duo Pretty Gritty. They were on the podcast a couple times and that project is not currently active so I was stoked that he landed on drums with Glitter Fox and he's also been doing some solo gigs with his original tunes as well. So shout out to Blaine. Hope you're well. And if you're listening to this on release day, Glitter Fox is playing this weekend in Portland at the Crystal Ballroom as a part of the Portland Folk Festival. Crazy good lineup this year. Very cool to see how that festival has grown in such a short amount of time. So that's January 13th and 14th. Lineup is stacked out. And we are going to kick off the episode with a track we mentioned in the chat a couple times. It's my favorite Glitter Fox song. It was one of my favorite tracks to come out of Portland last year. It's off their most recent EP, Night, which is available on all of the streaming services. And this is the first track off that EP. It's called Married to the Ground. Let's do the damn thing. I am on my knees, my hands seep deep into the earth I am screaming please as I move through the dirt My heart is heavier than any rock or any stone I could ever hold And all I can do is tap my hands against my chest So I can be short, am alive, am I guess and I begin to pray, yeah, I will plead and I will beg that I am not alone. I, 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 I,
You're going to do great. Thank We're you. all going to do great. I'm just like staring at her like, is she doing it right? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited to chat with you all, though. I've... Uh, I've been aware of what Glitter Fox has been doing for for quite some time. I stumbled upon your band at probably the Hawthorne Street Fair be, before the pandemic took place. Um, that was a weird day. And that I I did not know who Glitter Fox was, but I I just was walking around at the time that you were playing, and I caught a few songs and was like instantly grabbed by uh, what was happening with the the music and the songwriting and, and, uh, your killer vocal. So, oh, um, thank you. yeah, it was like definitely like something I me- like remember. And I was like, Oh, I gotta go see this band sometime, not just on the street. And, and then the pandemic happened. So that didn't, that didn't happen. Didn't pan oh. kinda, kinda, yeah. oh. <laughs> that kind of happened like very shortly after that. I feel like. Yeah. But. I, that was like maybe the summer right before. Yeah. Probably the and summer of couple, 2019. A couple things. Mm. There in the, I think the last thing that we did was like the folk fest. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, yeah. Whoa, that's wild. It's like full circle. Cause that was two years ago, and now three. The, I don't know. Was it three years ago? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Two thousand nineteen. Crazy. Oh. Twenty. Twenty-one. Twenty-two. Oh my god! It's gosh. gonna be four. Three years. It's gonna be four years. I can't do math. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think it is three years. Cause yeah, yeah cause um, okay, so yeah, that street fair would have been probably like that summer, and we had like just just kind of gotten up here, and so we we're meeting people and just kind of playing. I was like, still playing the drums. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I must have because I. I didn't stop playing the drums until the pandemic. Yeah. Mm. Was there a time when it was just a duo up here? Mm -hmm. Like, was that probably the situation then for like that show? I can't remember if it was just the two of you or if there was a third. It was us and Eric at that time. Mm -hmm. I think Um, we had Eric. He was probably still pretty new because Mm -hmm. we met him in 2018. Yeah. We used to just drive around the two of us and I would play a little mini baby drum kit and we were like practice at the park and stuff. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, we used to like live in a van, so we'd just like have a show coming up, and we'd like Gotta practice pull at the off park. at like a yeah, we practice in the park, or we'd like pull off at like a like a turn off on the highway. I remember one time, and mm-hmm. we were practicing. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I definitely want to like get into how the band formed, but talk to me about what you were both individually doing music wise before the glitter fox project came together oh well solange and i've been playing music together for 10 years okay. so do you mean like before yeah, we met like what, okay like what was happening individually before you came together um do you want to go well, first when i was born no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> take me back to the day of your birth <laughs> I did. I did used to sing like ever since I could remember. But yeah. um, well, right before we got together, I was living on uh, my friend's uncle's couch, and I was just roller skating everywhere uh, with my guitar, and I would just busk around Long Beach, mostly on Second Street outside of Rite Aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would do like, I would do like Thursday nights. People would be out there getting drunk and whatever, being annoying. And 
they and I just get make make take their money. <laughs> <laughs> you picked up a guitar from a pretty young age, as well as like developing no. a love for singing pretty early. No, I didn't. Uh, I basically I got a guitar right before I started doing the busking. I learned C, G, E minor, and D. Okay. And literally would just like sit there and play a never ending song. <laughs> just like go in and out from like literally every song that was that's in those chords. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's how I started. Was yeah. It, was there uh, like amidst that, was there moments of that where you would be like writing your own lyrics to some of these songs that you were playing? Oh, yeah. Actually. Oh, my God. I used to like rewrite songs so that they would be talking about roller skates because I would always perform on my roller skates. I would like the <laughs> open mic on my roller skates and I would busk on my roller skates. So sometimes I think it was the roller skates that made me the money. Yeah, it was like, there's like, like people that. just look at me roller thing. skates and be like, put there, money in there. Yeah, yeah, there's that dude in Venice who goes yeah. on the roller blades and plays electric guitar. Yeah, yeah. we've seen that guy yeah. a bunch yeah, of times. We, He's I amazing. Run into him. We ran in him in New Orleans one He's time. He's a staple of. <laughs> yeah. Did we? In did New we? Orleans. He yeah. was there. The last time we were there. In 2019. Yeah, he Halloween. was. He rollerbladed the I whole like, way there. What's up, That's dude? amazing. He, I, saw, I saw you in Venice. <laughs> yeah. He just smiled at me. <laughs> he tried to get me to buy a t shirt and I didn't have any money. Oh, yeah. That memory's coming back. That's a good one. Oh, gosh. Had you ever. Um, sang in any groups or anything Solange like before picking up the guitar and getting involved with Glitter um, Fox or? I would sing like backup sometimes for friends bands or like do like um like sit in and do like a song or two um but before that I was like super big musical theater kid mm -hmm. like I finally like I had been asking my mom like I wanted to be in like plays and stuff as a kid and I was like never able to do it just because like money and childcare and like needing to get dr like drove around yeah. or whatever, you know? And, um, but then finally when I was like 17, I started doing plays and musicals. And so that was like my thing for a while. And when I, I, I went to college for like two minutes and I was a musical theater major for those two minutes. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. And I stopped going to school. <laughs> In true rock star fashion. Yeah. Really? I never, I never even heard this story. This is, hmm? the, these are the important things about doing these podcasts is hopefully, I hope that you learn something about each other during this conversation. Yeah. I and you didn't already know have, I in... Andrea. So we've already accomplished that. Wow. What? You didn't know I, I did... went to college? <laughs> no, I knew that you did some college, but number one, I didn't know that you were a musical theater major. Duh. And yeah, it checks out. And number two, I didn't know that you dropped out of college to be a rock star. That and I didn't have enough money to pay for my classes. And <laughs> yeah. I was uh, working at Jimbery playing music at the time and it wasn't quite cutting it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like one of the people that would sing at kids and clap and do like little hand shapes. Yeah. I was like a rock star for babies. I feel like the, the musical theater like checks out in the sense that like one of the things I had written in my notes is that it seems like when you're performing live you're like very much in your your element and just so that seems to uh 
Like, were you always super comfortable with the the performance no. side of things? No, not at no. all. Yeah, you we, just look yeah. like you're you're like in your shit though. Like when you're yeah. when you're doing it. I don't know what happened. Like, I think all of a sudden when I started trying to take myself seriously, then I felt like. I mean, because when I was a kid, I was like really cocky and I was like signing my I've been practicing my autograph since I was very young <laughs> and I would put it in people's um, yearbooks and I was like, oh, was a great year. <laughs> and then I put like my signature and then I'd be like, P.S. Save this for when I'm famous so you could sell it and make money. You're saying that like in elementary school, in elementary school. Incredible. And then I like did a little tiny bit of music theater and then. I don't know. I wasn't that shy when I was playing, when I was like sitting there with the roller skates and like yeah. playing my guitar. But then all of a sudden when we started playing together and it was like me singing my songs mm. and being like the front person, I, different, I, it, different vulnerability there for a while. I couldn't even, I mean, even at the open mics, I had a really hard time. I couldn't stand up and play at the same time because my knees would shake so bad they were just like you could almost hear them chattering and yeah it was really hard for me but when you were doing the musical theater that was like not a thing for you like you weren't didn't have like the stage fright not as much because I was like you know farm girl number two gotcha. or whatever yeah. in the back <laughs> changes the spotlight when you're then, fronting a band right I was Mrs. Potts one time <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was kind of shy for that one. I was too shy to do a British accent, but you know, I, I did, I did it. You did it? <laughs> I, oh, it's on YouTube. Yes. You can, you can YouTube Solange sings Beauty and the Beast. Where are you at now Solange <laughs> with like performing as far as your, your comfort level? Cause obviously it's not something that's like coming through in your performance. Like it doesn't like, it, I would, I would have no idea that that was like a barrier to you yeah. from like what I have observed. I don't know what happened, but yeah, I am really comfortable now. I think I just care a lot less. Maybe what people think about me. You got some Reiki too out in the desert. I got some Reiki out in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> you did though. Was that when the change happened? It I think was. it's been a slow progression over it's time. Been a progression, yeah. but you know. You it think was Reiki. You think it's Reiki also just like the, the rep, like repetition of of doing yeah. it. I think repetition for sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember somebody telling me, like, "Oh, just keep doing it," you know, and and then it's just gonna get easier. And I was like, "Yeah, the fuck it will." I was like, I did not believe that person, but it did happen. I don't know. Yeah, just and I don't know. I think maybe my motivation changed. Mm-hmm. My motivation is more like. I'm just trying to like offer this thing yeah, and you can take it or don't. Yeah. You're very, I feel like when you perform, you're very much just like, just blasting out this like love energy, you know? Thanks dog. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just very, it's very positive. It's just a very positive, loving feeling, Thank you, you know? And also that's like, I feel like that's the content of our music. Like our music is about we're wholesome. Yeah, we're wholesome. Like our music is about love and persevering when things are difficult and traveling and being together in our relationship. And and so I feel like your energy embodies those lyrics and those intentions of the music when you perform it. 
Mm. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I have ADHD. I just like checked out for a second. <laughs> I'm back now. I'll though. keep it shorter. I was kind of monotone. I, I should. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Were you able to like identify that in Solange pretty early on, Andrea? Okay, so bef- I knew Solange before Solange knew me, um, because everyone did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we would go. We like not for a long time, but like we would go to the same open mic, and I remember, and like I would play there too, and like you know I was like kind of known there because like I could you know I could play like pretty complicated finger style guitar, and people liked that, and so I was like. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm a big shot at this open mic in this coffee Portfolio shop. Coffee house. Yeah. R.I.P. And then I remember the first time I ever heard Solange and Solange sang brand new key with your roller skates on and just brought down the house like people just lost their minds. And I was like. Like, but I just, yeah, like, I was like jealous, but I was also just like really impressed. And also like, I'm nine years older than Solange. So, you know, this little brat. I was like, who's this? Yeah, literally. And then. Literally rolling into this open mic. Yeah. Just rolling in, playing your like little punk rock guitar. The one that's in the bathroom, right? Yeah, dude. I was like this little punk roller skater baby. Street kid. I was a street kid. I would just like make my money for the day and like get a tall boy skate home get i would like get a freaking tall boy of miller high life and a cup of noodles and then just pass out on my friend's car? uncle's couch living that life you remember yeah, that it was car you had when we met that was a cool car the i month. bought it i i don't even think i ever registered that thing I don't even know what happened. I had it for a couple months. I got it for two hundred dollars, and I just rode it until. You don't register a two hundred dollar car. Yeah, you just ride it out for that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was a riot. I'm pretty sure it was acquired in a somewhat illegal way from the person I got it from, and so we just kind of kept it. And I, yeah, we spray painted on it, little Mm -hmm. roller roller skaters, and (laughs) so funny. So, yeah, so I, so, you know, we, we, yeah, so I heard, I heard Solange at that open mic and then I had a girlfriend at the time and my girlfriend and I were like having a party and having some friends over to play some music and Solange and Solange's friends were like ended up coming over because they were all friends with someone who was coming and Solange was like playing my guitar all night and singing and Solange's friends were like, sing another song, sing another song. And, um, that was like kind of the first time we ever hung out was at that party and I made you some mac and cheese. Yes, you did. And you liked it. It was the white (laughs) shell pasta from Trader Joe's. Yeah. Green box, I think. Oh, and this is cute. Cause like the next day I, cause I had a girlfriend and, and we lived together and I, and I was like, I was like, I don't know who that person was, but I'm going to find them. And I'm going to make a band with them because I love their voice and I feel like their voice with my songs and my guitar playing, I just, I really have a feeling that we could make some cool music together. And that girlfriend was like, that's stupid. And I was like, whatever. And then, whatever. yeah. And then, oh yes. And I told all of my friends that I wanted them to find me a girlfriend like Andrea. I was like, I want a girlfriend that's just like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we both got what we wanted. Both got what we wanted. Took a couple but I don't, months, you know. Yeah. I did ditch 
ditch the other chick. Yeah, no, she ditched me. She like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Wow, I've gotten over it. But you could like, from the get go, kind of like envision what that would look like with Solange singing on like mm. some of the the tunes that you were either writing or the in the style that you were writing even before you really even got together to play. Yeah, you know, because I knew I was like. I was starting to write songs. I was like, okay, this is like got a vibe, you know, like this, this song, right? Cause like, I'll be honest, like my songwriting was like, it, it was wasn't not good until you moved to the West really coast. It really wasn't that good until I was like, when I was 30, I moved to the West coast. And basically what happened is like, I'm from the South. Like I grew up in North Carolina and then next I lived in Virginia in Richmond. So like, I'm very Southern. My parents are from Tennessee, like super Southern. All my family and friends are still back there. Um, this is where this timeless Americana sound yeah, comes into like play. It's, it's super authentic. Like I'm for sure from yeah. the like authentic. I'm from a little town <laughs> on the border of North Carolina and South Carolina called Matthews. Like, yeah, just super southern. Parents, I bought my wedding southern. dress in Matthews. Yeah, at David's bridal. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh, and so, but then, okay, so what happened? Oh, okay, and I'll just be, I'll just say it. Like all my music I wrote before then was like trashy. Was just dumb i mean it, it it was just it was rough you but know you had been doing it like since you were a kid oh i start okay here's the thing i, I wrote my first song when i was seven okay so what was I, it about goldie Hawn? no um <laughs> it was about my best friend it was about my best <laughs> that was my first crush goldie Hawn made me gay oh, i saw man. a movie when i was seven and that was the first time i realized i like women it was goldie she Hawn. wrote a poem i did write a poem about goldie Hawn when i was very young um but what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> oh, Guitar. I started writing songs when I was seven. That was like, I wrote my first song for my best friend when I was seven. And I thought it was pretty mind blowing at the time when I was seven. <laughs> we're talking like you wrote a song on guitar or were you just like, you wrote lyrics? It was acapella. Okay. <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm just checking in. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Either just, way, it's impressive. You it know, the seven year old songwriting. About know? best friendship. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you always like were in some way like writing lyrics from a very young age yeah but. yeah and i mean and i wanted to play guitar too like when i was a little kid like like five six my dad had a wood shop and i got out of there a piece of wood that was shaped like a long triangle and i spray painted it black and red and silver and i used to just run around the house like a little demon pretending that was my electric guitar just like mm. me in this slab of spray painted wood. And then, I mean, I just always wanted to play guitar and like no one else in my family is like really musical. I just, but I just like right out of the gate was like, I want to play guitar. Um, playing in like bands in high school and things like that, or, <laughs> or playing your own music ever in front of people during that age range. To yeah, definitely. Um, so I got, I, I started taking guitar lessons when I was 11 and like my parents got me a guitar and I started taking lessons. Um, and you know, and you'd find friends to jam with, but like, like I just, you know, I didn't have like a ton of, a ton of guidance, you know? And so we were just kind of like, just experimenting. Like I knew I, I knew I loved music, but it took me a long time for my skills with it to develop, basically. 
Same. So yeah. So for basically from seven to thirty was just like a lot of just <laughs> like trying to figure it out. Was there always um, a poll in some way to like find someone to sing the songs that you were writing, or like was that always kind of of interest to find like some like a singer? to go along with what you were playing not necessarily you know I would just sing myself and and you know I would I would definitely do open mics and I mean I remember doing open mics even in high school and I, I lived in Arizona I, I went to Arizona State kind of for a couple years kind and of. yeah a couple a couple blurry years and um <laughs> I remember playing shows then so like I would I would sing and now I'm starting to like singing more, but I mean, the reality is like, I just, you know, I don't, I don't have a voice like Solange does. And so then when I, when I heard that voice, it was just like inspiration. It was just like, ah, like that's it. Like if we could team up and like take your strength and my strengths and combine powers. And what did that look like early on for the two of you when you first started collaborating together and like, it was a lot more like harmony stuff. And I, I was singing like the harmonies mm-hmm. it, was, it was to your songs. And then slowly you started having me sing songs. You had me sing Cold Still Night. and Yeah. It was you, very you, folky. You were singing Andrea's lyrics early on, like songs that were fully written. Is that yeah. the situation? Yeah. You had a couple songs that were like, what did we start out with? End of Days? Mm-hmm and maybe walk with me walk with me and we, but we mostly started with me just singing harmonies yeah yeah you've always been really good at that and then I started singing more of the lead stuff and then she started writing songs that like oh she's like I can't hit this note but maybe Solange can uh, and she would write stuff that was like she still sometimes kind of writes stuff that's too hard for me but <laughs> then that's part of what's like made me grow is that I'm just like, okay, well, let me try. Just you know? pushing your range a bit. Mm-hmm. Like where you felt like your voice was comfortable. Yeah. She's like, oh, Solange will be able to do this. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what you always do it though. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we got to lower stuff, but yeah. It's it's nice though. When you have somebody else that like can see that you do have the potential to like hit those things. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes the stuff that I write is a little more chill. Like la da da. It's like kind of chill, you know? Yeah. Or night is like, a doesn't have, it doesn't like, like go like get like super. Yeah. My songs, at the end when I pretend to be like a theremin or whatever. My songs <laughs> that I write for Solange to sing are like, and then it's going to jump an octave. That's, that's really, the move. Really going to show off this vocal range. Yes. <laughs> but Solange's range is bananas. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Range is incredible. Like Solange can sing in this like, super low register like really low and it just sounds like so warm and so big and like so sultry and just rad but then you can also like you man on um cry out you belt a high f sharp which is just bananas to me thank you yeah so solange (laughs) like solange's range that like solange has power and control is really big was the chemistry like between the two of you like there pretty immediately once you started playing together? Oh yeah, totally. Yes. Because it was also it was like this like we started dating and instantly playing in the band at the same time. Okay, so it was a whole lot of energy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she was like, because I saw you at the open mic. I saw I, I kept running into her around town. Mm-hmm. Once I became single, it was like we. Then I started were running into each other all the time. We were running into each other all the time. It was yeah. like the universe was like pushing us together. <laughs> yeah. So then we saw each other's open mic a couple times, and then the one time you were like, "Oh, you want to come over to my house and we'll make a band." Yeah, literally. I was and like, then I just kind of never left after that. <laughs> yeah. So we just started dating, and and we played our first show together music. like a month in, I think. Yeah, I think our did. first show was in September. Was a month we after dating we started August. dating. Yeah. And what brought you all to uh, to Portland? Boredom. Yeah, we were <laughs> just ready. Like we had lived in Southern California, and, and then, then we, we lived in the van for two years. Yeah. And then we moved back to Long Beach for a year, and I think, I mean, I personally was just very bored, and I wanted to like do something else. Yeah. I have this thing where like. I like to go new places and then I'm just there and there's no map in my head. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to get around anywhere. And then like I start filling in the map, like as if it's like uh, loading on my screen in my brain. (laughs) I don't know. I really like that. So I was like, I want to go do that somewhere else. Mm. So did y'all really know anybody here in the music scene at all? Or Mm. did you just kind of find your way to start? Did we know anybody in the no, kind of barely. I mean, really, we, I don't feel like we, we knew anyone in the music scene. Yeah. We had like a couple friends that we had met like at open mics. We, mm-hmm. cause we, we would just kind of stay here a little bit longer every time we'd come here. And we landed in St. John's at Slim's at the open mic <laughs> on a Tuesday night, Jeremiah. And, um, we like met some friends there and then we met this guy. He came up to us and he was like, Hey, do you want to like come play a show on my boat? And we're like, okay, don't tell my mom. I said, yes, but yes, we'll come play a show on your boat. Strange man. And then, <laughs> um, and it ended up being, I don't know if you've been down to green anchors, but, um, it's next to cathedral park on the river. And there's like this huge tugboat and like we were thinking like oh it's gonna be like some dinghy or like some little like baby yacht or something like 10 people but then we go and it's like this 1950s navy seal tugboat um (laughs) and like these weird cool hippies and some of them are our best friends today because we just kept hanging out with them every time we'd come to town and so yeah and now we we do a lot of like shows and stuff at green anchors and so that was like our main anchor that kind of kept bringing us back was green anchors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really like there was two years that we lived in a van and we're just yes, kind of we just said. wandering around. And it was like every time we come to Portland, we would just stay a little bit longer. And I wrote a song called Portland about, you know, traveling in our van and the different obstacles we were meeting and along the way. So yeah, so I really, I really fell in love with Portland for like years before we actually made the move up here. But I think like, I think I, like, I agree with you. Like I was just kind of, I was a little, like I was just kind of ready for a new adventure, you know? And like we moved here in what, 2017 or 18? 18. Are you sure? Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So we moved here in 2018. And were you doing like just tons of riding together then when you were living in the, the van together? 
We didn't was, actually get good at like cooperating, I think, until like we were here in Portland. Because mm. it used to be very much like Andrea would write the song and she wanted me to sing it exactly the way that she wrote it. I'm like, but I have a different voice. Yeah. So was, slowly we kind of got more into where it's like, okay, this is like your hopes and dreams okay. for this song. But if I end up singing it a different way, that's going to have to be okay. And like too, you know, when you play stuff over and over and over again, it like slowly morphs into something else. Right. So yeah, I think we just got a lot better at collaborating and it used to be where, yeah, Andrea would like write it, write a song and then be like, okay, you can write the harmonies or whatever. Um, but then we started collaborating a, a lot more um, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I I write as well. I just don't write as much as Andrea. I'm like a one a year. As far as like. But it's a banger. But it's a banger. As far as music or lyrics or both. Both. Uh, right. But I mean like writing on my own. I mean like we collaborate on stuff a lot. Yeah. But as far as like just, you know, banging out a song real quick, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a once a year thing. Unless I'm doing something like a like a joke. I'm, it's easier for me to write like. I wrote a couple songs for this musical that I theor- th- theoretically want to finish writing one day is a ghost musical. Yeah. And I wrote like three songs for that. <laughs> <laughs> so like when we're talking about the night EP, you know, mm-hmm. current time in Glitter Fox, what did like the collaboration look like on those songs? Like, is that, mm. did you write all of the lyrics for those songs? Andrea? Oh, I wrote night. I wrote Night okay. and I wrote Married to the Ground. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And those were two that just kind of like popped out, you know? They were just like happened. And like just lyrics or those like music melodies came from Andrea on no, those? Or uh, you would like I, wrote I, I, the whole song? I wrote the whole songs um, pretty close together, maybe like a couple months apart. I wrote those mm-hmm. two songs. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it was like right before the, it was like right before the pandemic that I wrote both of those. I'm yeah. One of them, I just wrote like I was walking down the street and the melody came to my head and I just started singing whatever random words I could think of. Which one was that one? Married to the ground. Oh, Uh, that's easily, that's a top five song from the city this year. Oh, I I fucking love that that song. In it's the about production. depression, like depression, <laughs> but make it sexy. <laughs> you did it. Mission accomplished. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just very much that way where like, I'll just kind of get a melody in my head and then I'll play my guitar and then I'm like, I'll just sing random words and I'm like, Oh, what are these, these random words sound like? And it sounds like I'm saying this. So then I like just go with it and I don't know. It just kind of comes out like that. Like night just came out. See, see 
different approach when you're coming up with vocal melodies for that and like figuring out delivery of lyrics like opposed to when Andrea brings you a song and you're singing her lyrics like do those feel like very different things to you or approach is the same or do you feel like it brings out different things in your your vocal delivery or melodies Sure. I mean, I think that Andrea writes things that sound different than what I write. Um, but like I said, I think, you know, we're like so much better at collaborating now that like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sometimes like I I, I will take more liberties with melody. Yeah. Oh, and even more. if it's just like one note, I'm like, oh, what if we went to this note instead? And um, yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. all just very like in intuitive like yeah. what feels good i don't know yeah we have a i feel like we have a really strong songwriting team now and just like also eric is so good at songwriting so sometimes you know we'll be writing a song and mm-hmm. and he'll help us tweak a couple little things and now having blaine too i know that there's like some ideas of like a couple songs that he kind of helped us like change right we're like oh go to the go to the course here instead. Yeah. I don't, I can't remember, but I know mm-hmm. at practice, you, you this like last very summer. much want like those, uh, like the other voices in the band to like speak what they're hearing mm-hmm. about what you're working on just for the perspective. And yeah. yeah, I think like too, like we're, we're so used to like collaborating on each other's songs and we, we back Eric up on his songs too. Yeah. So like we're all very comfortable telling each other, what we think or like what mm-hmm. we feel like we should do. But at the end of the day, like if it's Andrea's song, like she kind of gets the final. Yeah. And if it's yeah. my song, but you know, we're all, I think we have a good balance of like, like being like, no, this is what I, what I want for my song and being open. Yeah. So there's a good balance there with like being open to other people's ideas. You yeah. Th- do you think it's like ever harder to, slip into the feelings or like go at the like with the same conviction of the stuff that you're not actually writing lyrically like is that ever a barrier or definitely not with not with your songs especially yeah and i don't feel that way like if it's a song that say you you've written like you wrote married to the ground and you wrote night and i just loved picking those songs up and then exploring them on the guitar and just being like, okay, yeah, like, cool. I can't like, do that. Like, yeah. what can I, I just can't. <laughs> and like, I remember with married to the ground, like I was telling you, I was like, okay, you got to jump up to the high on the chorus, you know, 
Remember? Really? Yeah, because you used to sing the chorus low. Then I'm married to the ground. And I was like, no, you got to go high. Remember that? But uh-uh. so I, I, and yeah, I think, I mean, like we're married. We've been together for 10 years. We've been yeah. making music, like- playing shows, cooperating for 10 years. It's like, we're, we're really, we're a pretty well-oiled machine. It feels like at this point with Solange and me and trusting each other, trusting each other's opinions. I feel like we're going through life in a very similar way. Yeah. Obviously, like we work together, live together, are married, do everything, everything together. together. Our lives yeah. are very similar. So a lot of things that you're feeling, I'm feeling too. Like what I yeah. write, and even like, yeah, back in the van days, there was a lot of like, uh, you know, like, come on, darling, and honey. There was a lot of honey. songs where we weren't getting along. There was a lot of songs where we weren't yeah. getting, we're along, getting along. And like, getting along she then. would write a song about like being really mad at me, and I'm like, <laughs> back at you. I had no problem singing them because I was like, I'm mad at you too. Yeah. Funny, you. Way. I was like, you stole the words right out of my mouth. That's <laughs> a good point, though. It's not like either one of us would ever write or have ever like written a song that the other one can't identify with because we do everything together, so we're having the same experiences. You understand the point of view that it's coming from, for sure. 100%. You know, even like you writing a song about like losing someone that you love, like I'm feeling like, obviously I'm not feeling the same feeling as you, but I'm feeling for you. Mm -hmm. Like you're my partner, you're my best friend. Yeah. So I can really get on a sympathetic level with like your more intimate songs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's helpful also just because you have, you know, the marriage factor, the romantic factor of it? Do you think that makes it easier to like break down the creative boundaries as far as like the honesty between the two of you when you're creating and like makes it easier to pick things apart? Not in like a shitty way, but yeah, just like in the sense of like, you know, I really don't like this and like you can <laughs> feel okay about it sure yeah I, yes and i mean i know it's not yes always easy and... to just be like yo your idea is not good <laughs> like uh, yeah but at I least think... a respectful way maybe yeah. yeah i yeah there's always I a think sensitivity that we can, but then at the same time yeah there's there's a certain level like you know where we've had to figure out like how to say things to each other, I think. Yeah, like how to say it, like in We've a just loving, gotten a lot respectful better at way. Being, uh, like business partners, but also like in a relationship. I mean, yeah. we've been together for 10 years. I was 21 when we started dating. Like, I didn't know anything about being like someone's partner. You know yeah. what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, we and were like kids. Uh, yeah, and understanding yeah. that, like, when you're in the band environment, you're also around other people. So I'm, I'm assuming you have to like put your relationship shit like aside sometimes oh, when yeah. you, if we you didn't, like walk into a rehearsal and you're not we did super not pumped. used to be good at that. Cause then it was just the two of us forever. We would be like fighting on stage. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like we, not was, really, but we'd be like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if people in the audience could tell, but like, those, I can tell if I see people. Yeah. Are, I'm like, oh God, that's tell. what we used to look like. If you see people that are mm. playing together and you tell they're feeling a little spicy. 
feel it towards each other. But that was us for years. I mean, we spent years being kind of spicy. I mean, we've been together for 10 years, but... We're therapists now. Yeah, we do like (laughs) couples therapy. It took us a really long time to get peaceful with each other. Yeah, navigating long-term relationships is, uh, you know, it's not easy. No, not at all. And then also to just have your lives intertwined in every way possible, you know, where it's like, because like Glitter Fox is our job, you know, it's like back in 2015 is when we like, you know, I was working as a psychiatric music therapist and Solange was working like three jobs, like, you know, teaching yoga got a job. and working at a juice bar and being a bicycle courier. And like back in 2015, that's when we were like, we won this big battle of the bands. And we we're like, we're famous. And now. we're like, we're going <laughs> to do quit our we're jobs. Like, we're going to do music full time. Like, like we like legitimately thought like, OK, we're blowing up now. <laughs> like legitimately. Yeah. Because we went from maybe like having like 150, 100 or like 300 likes on Facebook, something like that. It was like mostly our friends and family to like a thousand. No, that's not even accurate. We went from like a hunt, like it didn't go up to a thousand. I don't think, (laughs) I think it went up to like 400 or something. And no, I think it was more than that, but but it was anyway, like a, it felt like a sign that it was a significant yeah. increase, and we were like, "We're famous now." <laughs> it gave you some validation to, uh, yeah. and um, then we lived in a van for two years, and we were like, "Okay, so we're going to be musicians," but like, we honestly could not fathom how to like be full time musicians, but then also like you know have bills and pay rent like we couldn't figure out in our heads what that would actually look like so no it wasn't any i mean for me personally it didn't even like cross my mind i was like oh and now we live in a van because we want to do music but like how else would we live (laughs) off of what we make you know we weren't making very good money back then no yeah no definitely not yeah we weren't really making very much money you know still we make way more money now than we used to but it's still like not i mean like we're on like food stamps you know (laughs) but yeah but uh what the hell was i saying i don't know know. it's just like oh but yeah back in 2015 that's when we were like we just kind of like you know i i i had been working as a psychiatric music therapist and solange had jobs in that but that was when we made the decision that we were like okay like we're gonna we're going to be musicians. Like we're going to do this full time, like whatever it takes. And so we got rid of all of our stuff and and moved into a van. And I can't really remember what that applied to anymore now, but it seemed like an important point to make. uh, Oh, really sharing the same experience. You're like, yeah, you're living, you're living the same life. Your creative, your creative outlet is together. So like, that's like a beautiful thing. And it's sometimes a, probably a very hard thing is that you get to like, you get to share this thing that not everybody I think can like really understand when you don't, when you're not a part of it, it's Mm -hmm. maybe hard to understand what that experience is like. Mm -hmm. So that's like fucking awesome. But then also you're not like you, it's a lot more chill also doing it together. So it's like, yeah, it's a lot more chill now than it used to be. We used to have, I mean like our highs and lows, it was like a messed up, yeah. Roller coaster. And now it's like, no, it's, pretty it's a small chill. world, you know? You're like, wow, that's a creepy doll, but like also it's nice in here. What I don't doll? know. That's what so doll? What? It's a small world, the, the Disneyland ride. I like, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm with it. I'm, I'm, no, I'm with it. I'm, I'm going to put the music in. It's going in. Insert now.
checked out for one second. I came back and you were like, it's a creepy doll. What did I miss? What? <laughs> I'm with my, you, Solange. You know, I followed this creepy own. doll reference. Thank you. My joke is I'm like, you know what? We've been together for 10 years. The first nine were really rough. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but yeah, but now I think we've like, I figure we've, we've like worked a lot of stuff out and it's like, but we just always really stuck with it and stuck with each other. And, you know, now it's like, now I feel like we're hitting our stride and I feel like we're, I feel like we're hitting our, hitting our stride musically. I feel like we're hitting our stride, you know, just with our band, you know, it's like, um, Eric's been playing with us for four years now. So we've really, the th you know, Solange, me and Eric have had a lot of time to just play a lot of really significant shows together. And we've been out on the road together. And so like, we've really had some significant time to mature together, Yeah, you know, <laughs> and like the band dynamics between Solange, me and Eric and now Blaine too, are just like, you know, they feel really healthy. Yeah. Did it, did Eric have uh, a decent amount of like creative input on making the night EP as far as like how those songs ended up coming um, together final form? Yeah, let's see. Eric definitely came up with some great bass lines for the songs. You know, the night EP did kind of end up. Solange and I worked on that a lot because like Eric tracked at a certain it with point us. you were working. I was like, I can't. Anymore. Yeah. That one actually took a long time for us to do because, you know, we recorded it. We tracked it in the fall of 2020. So it was still like very, you know, pandemic is like very, very present with everything. You know, even the tracking sessions, you know, we all got masks and we're all mm -hmm. being super careful. And it just, I mean, we didn't even really put that one out until 2022. Oh, until this year. So it just was like production wise, like kind of getting the songs developed to the record that we released. Like it was a long process, you know, of going well, back yeah, and, and we were forth. working like with, uh, you know, David Jacob Strain lives in Eugene. Right. And right. Christopher Worth was also helping us with it. And so, yeah, like relaying all the messages and and then like David Jacob Strain, like in the middle of like having a baby and yeah. all this stuff. So it was just it was a lot of middle of the stuff. pandemic. Yeah. He's yeah. having a baby. Everyone else is doing all their things. So it definitely took a long time. And there's a lot of but life stuff that happened. Also, I mean, we were just talking about this. Every time that we've recorded, we've not like really been uh, very prepared. We're like, I'm going to record an album right now. <laughs> yeah. And like we just do it. And, you know, we haven't like been playing this. It's a new song. So we like don't know how exactly we want to play it or whatever. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. We've really just thrown stuff together. And that's not what we're trying to do for our next one. We're trying to like think about it and be yeah. be grown-ups <laughs> i mean i like what we've come up with so yeah. far you know i like the fringe ep and i like the um night ep a lot you know i i mean i'm really proud of them we we for as unprepared as we were we we definitely ended up with some really cool stuff that even still now when i hear it i'm proud of us and i'm really yeah. excited about but like our we're gonna record a new album this winter and i feel like we're in a great position because like we're not going to throw any new song, like anything super new. Like it's all stuff we've been playing as a band yeah. all summer, all winter. Like, like again, Solange, me, Eric Blaine, like we've got a great 
dynamic between the four of us. And so it's like, I just feel like we're more prepared, you know? Well, you know, that's how you get more prepared is you have like those experiences and then they help inform like how you want to do it next time, hopefully. So yeah, totally. I think it's always been really hard for us too. just like, you know, we've had to be very frugal. Like, yeah, yes. Andrea and I String have not had jobs more for most of the last seven years, seven years. Yeah, for the last we seven like, years, I mean, we've I, been doing music. We'd yeah. pick up a side job. We'd pick up a side maybe. job here and there. I worked at a crystal yeah. store for a little bit. I drove DoorDash last winter. <clears throat> I did that for like a couple of weeks, and I was like, gas is too expensive. <laughs> yeah, like we'll do a little insulin self yeah. art, but yeah, like music's been our primary uh, employment for the last seven years. So and yeah, like, like having money to yeah, be able to record has not always yeah. been there. Yeah. Or never, never been there. Is there a lot of crossover in uh, your musical taste as far as what you're listening to regularly? Or do you enjoy pretty different things as well? Hmm, That's a good question. What do you listen to? I rarely listen to music because I feel, and it's the same thing that you talk about. I feel like I'm going to like, you know, like sometimes you listen to your friend's song and you're like, oh my God. That's a Christina Aguilera song. Yeah. You know, I don't want to like end up writing something on accident that yeah. sounds like something else. You don't want to subconsciously borrow. I don't want to accidentally write a, a Britney Spears song. You're going to be informed by whatever you're listening to kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's going to bleed in. Yeah. So mm. like the most, honestly, like I really don't listen to a whole lot of music. I listen to like my friend's music live when I'm, when I, going to see them yeah yeah or if i'm playing with someone and then other than that like when we're traveling i listen to a lot of audiobooks or um like if i am gonna listen to music i go back to the music theater stuff (laughs) (laughs) like i can listen to les mis over and over and over again and I like still get emotional at the end. And you're not going to be like, feel like it's going to inform so much. of Yeah. Like I'm not going to like writing. accidentally yeah. write Jean Valjean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, no, I was just talking to this artist, Jean. She's out of Toronto, Canada. And like, she was talking to me about how she doesn't really listen to music ever. And I think the cool thing about that is that there is nothing like you're not chasing any trend that's happening mm, really right. yeah that's and true i actually thing, don't know what's cool right now yeah like and your sound kind of remains authentic to you in some way because you're not all of these things are not like coming into your brain it's not a part of your output mm. because of that oh you know who else mm-hmm. i listen to all the time is louis armstrong i was gonna say and i don't nice. like write you know yeah jazz. yeah so yeah. I, i'm gonna listen to jazz and then i don't like yeah. Although I have always kind of like some of my melodies do sound a little jazzy now and again. Really? It's like, huh. yeah, I feel like. Oh, yeah. well, I think Louis, a, that's a strong person to be, you know, listening to as far as like capturing the, the feeling and the soul of a song, you know, yeah. can't go wrong with that. Yeah. I definitely listen, listen to stuff that's very different than what I write. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually the same way. I don't, I intend, like, I don't consume a ton of music and there's a part of it that's a hundred percent intentional. Cause like just what we talked about, I don't want to subconsciously 
borrow someone else's melody and not realize it and accidentally write it, you know? Um, but if I am listening to music, my favorite, I would say my favorite artist is Sharon Van Etten. And yeah, she's just unbelievable. And then the war on drugs. Like, I, Oh yeah, they're great. Really obsessed with, but I'm also not going to write, accidentally yeah. write one of their songs either because they're very like they sound like the 80s yeah i don't have amazing. any of the stuff to sound like the 80s so <laughs> but yeah i'm not gonna I'm, accidentally sound like that if i'm listening to something i'm typically i'm listening to like a podcast or a audiobook yeah. um but it is nice though to go in like you know i was like listening to the decemberists like earlier today you know it is nice like to just to to be informed and to like check out what other people are doing i definitely do yeah. that and be like oh what is this it's kind of like more like an exploratory it's like oh i go visit it and then i yeah mm-hmm, <laughs> come back to my not listening yeah i just had an emotional uh spiritual experience the other day i my audiobook wasn't working when we were driving home from uh, christmas with my family and so I have just like the most random songs that are downloaded on my phone. And one of the, the albums that I had was the soundtrack from Moulin Rouge mm. <laughs> motion picture with nice. Ewan McGregor <laughs> yeah. and Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yeah. I really was feeling that one. Oh yeah. It was emotional. Yeah. Cause like the balance, I don't know. I guess you want to like, you do want to be inspired by things too. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you get that like out of the different forms of art that you're participating in as far mm-hmm. as like visual art? Like when you're working on art, do you hear music in your head? Mm-mm. All right. I get inspired by pedals. I get oh inspired. I get inspired by gear. Like yeah. I have He's a, obsessed. I, I love like I love instruments and I love guitar pedals and um, I have a lot of guitar pedals <laughs> and you know, um, that's very inspiring to me, those sounds. And like, I got a baritone guitar and so I wrote a new song and put, put that on the baritone. And so I think that's what inspires me the most is, um, different, different sounds, you know, from the pedals or like I said, moving to the baritone. Um, and I think I get inspired by vibes. Like, um, if I watch like, like Blade Runner or something, you know, and it just has like, like I get inspired by like watching movies and like the visual vibe, like lots of like dark rainy streets and neon, you know? And Mm. and so when I'm thinking about music, a lot of time I'm thinking about like a visual vibe. Hmm. I was just going to let that air, that one air out. I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah. So I get, so like something that I love is like vintage pedals. Like I have a chorus pedal from the eighties and I have a flanger pedal from. She named one of our fish flanger. Oh, I named it. Yeah. A little flanger over there. Um, yeah, I have a flanger pedal from the eighties and I just, I love those sounds. Like I just love, um, you know, like retro and vintage sounds. So like, what do you, what do you get out of like playing the cover tunes then as far as like Mm. songs that make it into the set? Mm. Um, 
I don't know if you're exhausted of the Stevie Nicks comparison. Oh. I mean, I don't know how. A little bit. Yeah. But it makes, I mean, sense. It makes but sense why you would be, but like it's a good thing. It is. Obviously. I don't think that I actually sound that much like She's her. But I think that I probably can sing her songs a lot better than maybe other people can. I think so that they're that's more similar, like, like timbre, and I sing yeah. low. Yeah, yeah. But like, do you do you get a lot out of like that Rhiannon live oh, did you video see that? that y'all put up? Is like. It's just like sounds so fucking good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and it's I think it like it's a cool capture just in general of like the thank vibe. You. But that was a really fun night. Do you get like a lot of enjoyment out of covering a tune, or do you feel like you like by learning that song and understanding it, does that like in, help inform like how you write songs in the future? Hmm. Do you uh, think? I don't think it really. I don't think. Like we don't do a lot of covers. If we do a cover, a lot of times it we is have been doing Mac. the same covers because forever. We, we've been doing the same covers forever because, like, honestly, like we're not that into covers. So, like, we like just not enough to learn a bunch. Not enough to learn a bunch. <laughs> like, you know, we're into I originals. I do love Fleetwood Mac. Also. I'm obsessed with Fleetwood Mac. Like, that's my favorite. Like, Fleetwood Mac is number one my favorite band. Like, I could listen to them all day, every day. It's my favorite singers, my favorite songwriters, my favorite drummer, my favorite bass player, definitely my favorite <laughs> guitar player. Um, <laughs> Flew Mac is absolute goals. I think they're legends. And what I what I've gotten, I think, from covering okay, two things I will say from covering Fleetwood Mac is number one, the musicianship. Like we started doing this Fleetwood Mac tribute show, or not really a tribute, but like we cover them. It's not like a tribute show because we don't like dress like them, you know, and try to like pretend we are them, but like we're just covering their music because we love it. Um, and it's really helped all of us develop as musicians because those songs are challenging. I mean, just even the guitar parts, like Lindsay Buckingham shreds gnarly solos, like, like big incredible love, incredible finger style. I mean, it, the music has really pushed us as musicians and helped us develop. But the one thing I will say that I love about Fleetwood Mac is that they taught me this idea of you could sing a song and it can actually be like a really sad song or a really heartbroken song, but you know, do it in a major key or do Make it, it sound do happy, it, you know, with a little bit quicker tempo. And, yeah. and I think that they are, like you they're know your own way. They're masters of that. Sounds of happy. like taking these heart wrenching themes and experiences, but making a song that you want to dance to. Yeah. Well, it's like the yeah. Mar- it's like the married to the ground thing. Exactly. It's just like, you said that was about mm. depression. Yeah. yeah. It, like, it's, it lifts up. Like it'll lift you up. But yeah, you can I'm also feel being... that it's like heavy. Yeah. yeah. You know? like, I'm so depressed. I'm married to the ground. <laughs> I could yep. not get any yeah. lower. Yeah. We call that like the Fleetwood Mac. We'd be like, do the Fleetwood Mac thing. And yeah, <laughs> where you like take, but, but like, I think that that was like, I don't think you like intentionally, like you just wrote the song the way it came out, but that I don't is, really think a lot when I write songs. No, nah, me neither. I'm just trying to catch it. It's like a lightning and you're just trying to like, get out of the way for it to like I, for me i think the best for me my experience is the best songs are the ones that come out like lightning and you're just trying to get out of the way and just get it down and be present for it i mean i have songs that i've like worked on for years and they're they're good too but all my all of my favorite songs that i've written are the ones that just they end up coming out real quick mm-hmm. 
Same. Yeah. <laughs> we both just winked at each so other. Cute. Wow. So cute. What a <laughs> what a wholesome, a cute, wholesome podcast this is. <laughs> yeah, we are pretty wholesome. We're pretty wholesome. No, we're really wholesome. Like we're not like we're sex, drugs, really and rock and roll, and really humble. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but we super are super humble. <laughs> like, I mean, I think that's our vibe. Is like we want to like we are, you know, we're loving people and. You know, we are pretty wholesome. Like, like neither Solange and I. Like, we don't drink, we don't do drugs. Like, we don't even Anymore. smoke. We don't even smoke weed. Like, Anymore. we're both, we're both, we're both like totally sober. But we like to just like rock out and like freaking melt f- our own faces with like the power of of rock and roll. Yeah, we get. That's what we like. That's our high. That's what we get high on is music. Like, that's my church, and that's. You know, just oh, awesome. everything. It's uh it's very cool to to hear the the full scope of how things have developed over time for y'all. You know? Yeah. Y'all are making some some good music. Thank you. The night EP is is very cool. So Aww, I'm looking thanks. forward to like hearing what you know, now that you're going in with like a different mindset for the next batch of tunes to just like yeah. see what all that preparation kinda yields and you know, having some more creative voices like in the yeah. room and stuff like that i think I, is gonna be awesome i think it's yeah. so hard like to capture like the i mean i think it's pretty like impossible to capture it the same way as like seeing it live yeah for sure i feel like we're a lot better live than our recordings or mm. even our videos you know it turns kind of two-dimensional i hear what you're saying but I do remember, like, being pretty stoked for the night EP to come out just so I could, like, hear what the recorded material sounded like the second time around, like, after the first collection of tunes came out. Because, mm. like, maybe I felt a little bit more of that. Is it the fringe? Is it? Mm-hmm. The fringe, yeah. I th- maybe, like, felt a little bit more like that one didn't do it quite the justice. But Mm -hmm. then, like, Married to the Ground being the first track on night, I was like, oh, this, like, does capture some of that, like, live energy. Like, it doesn't, like, that didn't feel as far as removed from, like, what is captured of that, like, live emotion. So, you know, hopefully you can keep finding that. Getting better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I think think it's just a whole different animal than mm -hmm. playing live, you know? Yeah, you don't have. That's why, like want to get like a producer and yeah. you know just like people that have done it more and for sure i mean we've recorded how many albums four total four that's not that many in 10 years yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. we're still kind of learning how to do that stuff yeah we're definitely still learning yeah i feel like recording is like the one one area that um that we're still learning a lot you mm-hmm. know but I think that I think the night EP is going to be a really great like launch pad, but also stepping stone to like what comes next, because we've got a lot of great songs to get down and get out there in the world. Well, speaking of the night EP, I want to play it out with Million Dollar Houses. Ooh. It's a song that you wrote, Andrea. Yeah. From what I've gathered from this conversation, if I've paid attention correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I did write that one, and I wrote that when we were living in the van. That's also probably pretty apparent. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we wrote it when we were living in a van. Yeah. Yeah, talking about, like, brushing my teeth in a coffee shop. Yeah. 
yeah i want to play it out with that one but um yeah i appreciate y'all jumping on the mics with me and welcoming me into your your space to to talk with a stranger about your music it's been super fun (laughs) super fun yeah and i'll definitely put all the links in the uh the episode notes so people can keep up with you and come see you at the uh the portland folk festival going on uh, I guess this coming weekend, when once this gets posted, it'll be like this coming weekend that the, nice. the folk festival yeah. is happening. So we're technically in the future right now. We're in the future. We're That's speaking amazing. in the future, which is a very fun thing to do <laughs> <laughs> to bounce outside of time. But I'll definitely put the links in the episode notes so people can keep up with you and find the the night EP and all of the other music that's available and the the YouTube videos and whatnot but we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which is it's a program so if we could get the glitter fox it's a program it means absolutely okay. nothing Got it. it's just the way my grandfather says the news program he always says program when he's speaking program. about oh, anything like you. oh there's a you yeah in for there. some reason program. He, yeah just pr- you're doing it okay you're doing the right thing it's a program. They nailed it, everybody. That's Glitter Fox. <laughs> We're going to play it out with this Million Dollar Houses track off that night EP. And that is the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland or wherever you are listening from. Cool. We did it. We did it. Will I sleep outside a million dollar houses? And I brush my teeth inside of coffee shops If I like a place I'll stay A couple more days If I don't Then I travel on I don't know what I was looking For when I left home Place to stop for reason To go on But I got lost between The ending of a dream And the breaking Of the dawn It's 299 miles left to drive tonight God willing and good weather we'll arrive Seems like most of my days All I ever say is hello out here on the open road where the only thing that settles highway tolls lost and I don't care 
Just want to give a big shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Can't say thank you enough to Distro Kid for their longtime support of this thing. Make sure you go into the episode notes and find that Distro Kid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. You can also find the link in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Stay up, stay tuned.